0: we can't change fast enough. We really have to transform our accounting firms so that we can be relevant because change isn't working anymore. Yeah, nobody's changing fast enough. They haven't changed fast enough. And now we really just need transformation and we need to do it quickly.
1: Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast where it is all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. Your host is Peter Margaritas, the man whose name is pronounced like a cocktail, but spelled like an inflammation. Peter is the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of his business, The Accidental Accountant. Peter's goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 88, and my guest today is Jody Paydar, the Radical CPA. Jody has emerged as a feeling leader. That's a leader driven by the passion to foster real change in the accounting profession. Jody represents the next generation of accounting professionals and is the vanguard of the new movement of the digital CPA and is your firm future ready? She is joined with other future thinking leaders and vendors to spread the word and educate the profession on its natural evolution into the digital age. Embracing the cloud, social media, and other highly advanced technologies and practices, Jody's out to alter the way CPAs think about the firm culture and serving their clients via speaking engagements, podcasts, published articles, and screaming it from the rooftop. A true change agent, Jody continues to initiate conversations and encourage open collaboration between the profession and vendors in order to support the movement toward a newer, better, and more innovative CPA firm culture. Jody has published two books, and they are The Radical CPA, New Rules for the Future Ready Firm, and her new book, From Success to Significance, The Radical CPA Guide, The Practice Proven Roadmap to a New Business Model for CPA Firms. Our conversation focuses on her new book. A professional speaker's biggest challenge is following up with our audiences to continue to provide value-added tools and techniques. This podcast is one way I used to deliver those tools and techniques. The other way is through my social media platforms, which are Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Please feel free and connect with me on one or all of these social media platforms. And you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter by going to my website, petermargaritas.com, and clicking the contact drop down button on the menu bar of my homepage. Now that's out of the way, let's get to the interview with Jody Padar. Jody, thank you for being a guest on the podcast and welcome back. You were uh, an earlier guest. Back in, let me see if I can remember. Back in April of last year, uh, you April twenty fourth to be exact, episode forty seven. You were here, uh, and we had a, we had a wonderful time, and, and and I'm looking forward to the same wonderful time this time.
0: Wow, I can't believe it's been that long already. It seems like just yesterday.
1: It, it does, it, <laughs> and the 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 topic of conversation last time was. The future of public accounting by the radical CPA, and the radical CPA is back now. So, what's what's new with you, Jody? What's going on?
0: Um, everything, nothing. I don't know, right? So, uh, I've been busy. I, I, my new book is is out now, so it's pretty cool.
1: So, she's out with a new book, and the the title of the book is.
0: It is um, From Success to Significance, The Radical CPA Guide, Strategies, Tools, and Stories. And what's really cool about my book is it's not just my story, it's a lot of other firm stories as well. So um, I, I really talk about how the radical principles have applied to other firms and how they're doing innovation and creating real change and real transformation in their firms, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, well, which is because... And the future of public accounting in that earlier episode, you address a lot of innovation and content marketing and things we we have to do things differently because if we don't, we're going to be insignificant at the end of the day. And now you've taken that, that those principles that you laid out and firms have applied it. And that's what this book is about. You've gone out and interviewed them to show the the significance
0: and the change and and that it works, correct? Right. And I've given um, kind of a roadmap for firms who are looking to change or not sure how to begin. It really kind of lays out the steps of really creating change within their firms as well. So it's... It, it's practical because that's, I, I mean, I'm practical, right? Like it's, it's a practical book. So it's not just oh read about it and then try and figure it out yourself. There's lots of um, activities for firm owners to do to, um, to, to change their firms or to transform their firms. And on the other side of it, we interview firms from like, uh, you know, one, two, three people firms, all the way up to like Armeninos in there, and they're like a top twenty-five firm. So, you know, we every firm it can apply to every firm in any firm. It's not just small firms. All
1: right, well, let's start with your firm. Tell the audience why your firm is different from like what, what people think that stereotypical accounting firm is like.
0: So, I would say we use technology um, at our core. And we use technology to facilitate closer client relationships. And that used to be more radical than it is today, but it's still more radical than the majority of the firms. But we also don't keep time. We don't track time. We don't build by time. And we've really changed the business model of what a firm should look like or what I believe a firm should look like in the future, which is very different than doing every kind of work for every kind of customer and saying, okay, it's going to take me so long to do this and this is the bill for it. So we've really productized um, what it is we offer and then we offer it at a fixed or value price. And then um, we've really niched out our services. So we know very easy if you're going to fit into our firm or not. And if you don't fit, that's great. But we don't necessarily want you to be part of... Or like We're not looking to take everybody into our firm, which um, I think is different than traditional firms in the past.
1: So, uh, what, when you say technology, what specific type of technology have you uh, integrated within the firm to make make life easier, make it more innovative?
0: Well, we're a hundred percent cloud, so you have to be in the cloud to work with us. So, if you're a customer of ours and you're not on either QuickBooks Online, Zero, or Sage Live, or Nets or Netsuite, or Intact. Um, you know, we're not working with you. So that's one thing. So you have to be on the cloud to be able to work with us. Um, And then now the next thing is, is the next level, right? Like we're starting to play with AI and, you know, bots and stuff like that. Now, our customers really aren't using them yet, but we're starting to do a little bit of R&D on them and um, kind of figure it out. So kind of that next level technology, which only works if you're in the cloud first. So like the cloud to me is the baseline, and then everything else goes on top of that.
1: Yeah, and and then earlier, you were talking about AI, AI artificial intelligence, and, and bots. And, and could you revisit that that conversation again? Uh, what that what that consists of? What what, what that looks well, like?
0: I mean, artificial intelligence is really the the machine learning, the idea that the computer is getting smarter as it does repetitive transactions, right? So it all the stuff that we do that's very routine and very rote. The Technology or the computers are going to do for us in the future, um, and right now the computers are still learning, but they're getting better and better. And if you think about a common thing, many people have like Alexa in their home, and they're talking to it and they're they're getting information from it, right? So, so that's a a an, a consumer example of that. So, what if you were able to use voice control to talk to your general ledger to get your accounting done? What? How cool would that? What? <laughs> what say that again <laughs> well you talk to siri don't you uh
1: this- yes i do talk to siri and, and i have google i have google home as my office assistant for right now
0: so you're getting there peter
1: i'm getting there getting there
0: so but think about if we were to take those tools and use them in our work and what we actually do so that you know instead of clicking the computer just knows how to do it, and it, it does it that much more faster than we could ever do manually.
1: Well, so using our voice to make journal entries, or using our voice to do, and that, as you said that, of you know, took me a second to get my head around it, but then, I, 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 then we're going to work a lot faster because we can speak at about 300 words a minute. We write at about 150 words a minute. And and some people type at maybe ten words a minute, so right. so to be able to use I to use our voice to transactions to voice to do, yeah, I can see that, I can see that,
0: right. And the thing is, is the the computers are getting that much smarter, right? So like. Um, even like when you look at audits, and now our firm doesn't do audits, but I've been talking to a lot of the technology companies that are doing audits. They're not even doing audits of sample transactions. They're auditing the complete set of books because the technology can do it.
1: Now, these aren't large organizations, right?
0: These are large. Oh, the, the firms that are doing the audits or the
1: the-, the, the? the one that's being audited.
0: Are large organizations. They are. Because the um, the artificial intelligence is doing the audit, and the artificial intelligence is getting smarter and smarter. And to me, that's what's amazing.
1: Okay. Oh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Did I just freak you out?
1: Not, not well. You know what? Yes. Yes, and no. One, I you know I I I believe that our, yeah machines will be able to audit, and, and someday and maybe we're already there. Uh, we'll be able to do a hundred percent of reviewing of transactions through artificial intelligence. But I didn't realize it was already kind of already here. Um, well, I guess it's been, yeah. I guess, I guess, man, time does fly because I guess it's two years. It's been two years since KPMG and um, IBM signed the agreement to do uh, bring uh, cognitive computing, a.k.a. Watson, into the auditing practice. So, right. Oh, my. Wow. Where, where have I been for the last two years?
0: I don't know but so but when I talk about the cloud and everyone says like the cloud is just the start but now if you take those kinds of technologies that so when the cloud disrupted the accounting firm that I was part of or the my firm it was very um I'll say accounting driven or tax driven right bookkeeper driven right kind of very um but now when you look at artificial intelligence affecting the audit practice how are auditors going to change their business models and really that's what my book's about right? right so my book is about stepping back and saying okay these technologies are having a significant impact on our firms And how are our firms going to evolve and have a new business model to react to them and to innovate with them as opposed to change? Because change, we can't change fast enough. We really have to transform our accounting firms so that we can be relevant because change isn't working anymore. Yeah, nobody's changing fast enough. They haven't changed fast enough. And now we really just need transformation and we need to do it quickly.
1: Transformation and reinvention. So before we start talking about your book, maybe you can explain something to me that uh, Tom Hood started and, and went down a path, but blockchain. Mm-hmm. Can you explain blockchain to me in the audience, because I I asked at first I thought blockchain was an intestinal disorder, found out that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> but when I even ask other CPAs, do you know what blockchain is? They go, I've heard of it. I have no idea what it
0: is. So it's a distributed ledger system, which just means that the computer knows every transaction that's occurring during the time, right? And and this is probably oversimplified, but like it the computer the like, you put post one transaction, the computer that receives that transactions understands how it should be posted because of where it's, like, marked, right? So it just, it can post all these transactions. And I think the important thing to realize about it is is that it eliminates fraud. Tom was
1: talking about eliminates fraud because, and I've read, but I'm, I, as well as it's unhackable, correct?
0: Well, I mean, it's only been around so many years, so I don't know. I Eventually, I would think someone will, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, well,
1: <laughs> you, other, you have the same skepticism I do about being unhackable, but from a fraud perspective, help me here.
0: But the other side of it, which I think is really interesting, is like there's currency that's being traded on it, right? So that's like Bitcoin. Right. And now there's a new one called, or I think it's erythium, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, Peter, because there's... um. There's something called a crypto kitty, which <laughs> is a virtual beanie baby that you can buy with a So you're using um, cryptocurrency to purchase a virtual cat, and they're selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's subject to capital gain tax. So <laughs> Oh, dear Lord, what's going on? (laughs) And what's really funny about it is people were laughing at it, but the emergence of this game, this CryptoKitties game, or these CryptoKitties, has risen the price of this erythium, which is like a Bitcoin. It's just a different um, name for like a cryptocurrency. And um, the Wall Street Journal even had an article on it saying that it's like the markets are going crazy because of this stupid like be- virtual beanie baby game um that everybody's buying into. So um you can buy a virtual cat for $12 and you can sell them for 150. So I don't know, it's pretty fun though. Have, <laughs> have you bu- do you have a virtual cat? So of course you know I tried to do it. <laughs> but we We had a hard time because the computer was so busy, we couldn't actually finalize our purchase. So it was like when Pokemon Go first came out and it was too too busy. But I did buy some of the Erythium to go up in value just because I want to see it go up. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, it's gone up over like, you know, I've made, I put in $200, right? And I think... Um, if I were to sell it today, it's worth three hundred and fifty dollars. So it's going up pretty good. I mean, it's just a it's just a market though, right? So right. it's just like any other market. Put something in and see, to me it's still like gambling, but whatever. It's just fun.
1: <laughs> so so I have to use hard currency to buy virtual currency. Correct. <laughs> okay. Correct. Okay. Just keep my mind around this.
0: <laughs> it's just you know what it's like? It's like any other currency, right? Like if you went to Europe and right. the Euro trades on a different than the dollar it's the same thing it's up to virtual currency and it's connected to your computer so your computer has like a lock or key in your browser that like keeps track of your coins okay (laughs) And if you want to see the passwords the passwords are crazy so like for sure like you have to keep track of them because it's it's unbelievable how it you know it it verifies your identity and everything else oh wow Okay. But fun. And you know what? To me, that's something CPAs can do is they can go buy a virtual currency on the market, on the internet, and just start to experiment with it so that when their clients come in, then they know what their clients are talking about.
1: Yeah. And I would assume that that conversation is getting um, uh, much more uh, common than maybe it was even 2 years ago.
0: Yeah, because I mean everyone's talking about how high bitcoin is now, right? Cuz it's been going crazy. So I I mean depending on the day you look at it, you know, it's trading thousands and thousands of dollars and it was worth nothing at one point.
1: Right, right, right. So um so this is all part of blockchain.
0: Correct. Okay. So the the currency so the currencies trade on blockchain or they they transfer, right? So those are like the pipes that make the currencies go from your computer to someone else's computer.
1: Okay. And it's, this is cloud-based and I would assume it takes a lot of power to run something like blockchain, something this large.
0: I think it's kind of like the internet. It's kind of like, it just works, but nobody really knows how.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It just, it just works. Yeah. I, I'm, I've, Actually, I think I'm going to take uh, a AICPA or MACPA or OSCPA course on blockchain and try to get a better understanding of it because I just I I still have a hard time getting my mind around. But that that's that's another longer conversation. Let's get back to your book. Let's get back to changing a firm and and and. And is that not, not no, I take that back, not even using the word change, transforming a firm to be competitive in today's marketplace. Exactly. How, how do we do that? So can, can you give us uh, some examples of, of firms, the before and the after that, that are in your book?
0: So what's interesting to me is, like one of the firms that I talk about, it's, they're actually a Canadian firm, but they went from um, zero or I'll say two people, two partners to 40 people in 3 years and it was all organic growth. So they didn't buy anyone, they didn't so think about that. So think of how quickly they grew and they're a 100% virtual firm. So they don't have any physical office space anywhere.
1: Your firm is virtual firm, correct?
0: No, we have a physical presence. I mean, we have people who work remotely who don't come in, but we're we're, we have a an office that we sit in, but this firm is a hundred percent virtual, and I think they have like thirty five or forty people. They went from zero to i think around five million their um firm in three years yeah, isn't that crazy that growth is,
1: that is crazy growth. <laughs> and, and what what perpetrated the, the, this rapid growth what 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 was the what was the underlying piece
0: Usul, utilizing technology to to provide client accounting services. So, I mean, they're they're selling to small businesses who want client accounting services, and they're delivering on it, and they're doing it 100% virtually.
1: And does this is this around the concept like there are no borders anymore? Correct. That, Correct. that if it's a Canadian firm in, in middle of Saskatchewan, that they could have clients all over the Canadian province, and, and that has helped perpetrate that that rapid growth.
0: Right. And I think, too, I mean, it was really a lifestyle choice because one of the partners, um, I guess, has family in Israel and wanted to be there like half the year and like it allowed for that. So and his his old firm, this is what I thought was funny. And I think this is very relevant is the partner at the old firm had didn't trust him to work in Israel hmm. during his <laughs> like you know even though he would do his work
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know because he couldn't see him right. and so he left and he started his own firm and now they're you know they're they're a big firm they're a large canadian firm so it to me that's what technology and you know transformation does because he had nothing right like he had nothing to lose i'm just going to try it and figure it out and now he's experienced exponential growth
1: Wow, and it's and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a change in it's a change in mindset. It's, totally, it's, it's a change from the baby boomer cheeks in the seat visibility to uh, productivity, accessibility, and and really building up trust. Having right. having trust in your people that they are they're not sitting at home watching Ellen eating bonbons. They're actually producing, but I don't have to f- physically see them or so, hear them.
0: Correct. Now, now that's a that's a I'll say, a next-gen story, right? So he's yeah, he's in his 30s, maybe early 40s, who created this firm. But then I have a hundred and... I think they're about a 160-person firm out of Boston, um, MFA, and they don't have timesheets. They're 100% value pricing up front. And um, the managing partner, Carl, said that he had to make a decision with his partners when he started to go down this transformation, when he took... Um, the realm is managing partner that he was going to make changes and they were either going to be with him or he was going to leave his firm. And he he rallied up the troops. He got his, his other partners to buy in and they've gone through a significant transformation and they don't keep time. They don't bill by time. They don't price by time. And they're really successful and they're a large mid-sized firm. So it's not just the kids who are innovative. It's like, you know, there are a lot of boomers out there who are innovative too and who have taken the leadership that they've been given and have really transformed their firms to be future ready and working under different business models and proving that you can still be profitable.
1: I I, I love that fact of, I I think building for time is a waste of time. Um, Value building, providing service, uh, I had a conversation recently about the client would call ask a question, hang up, get another call again a few days later, ask a question, hang up. And this was going on like, <laughs> right? Like for, for like a week, these little questions, boom, 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 And, and finally they said, there's something wrong. And, and they called the client and, and found out that there was. And I said, well, why was the person just calling and, 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 you know, not spending time saying, hey, I've got a problem and laying it out. And he goes, he goes I don't really know for sure, but I have a feeling that it was because we bill for time and that phone call versus, you know, you don't have to pay for the phone calls. Call me anytime. Ask me any questions. It's all part of what we do, that value that we provide you as a service. Right. Right. Totally. So mindset, baby boomer, next gen, creating these firms. Um, so it's attitude. It's technology. And how many, how many uh, firms uh, did you interview? for your book?
0: I think maybe 10 or so. So there's like in every chapter, there's one, I think, or two. So what happened was, is it was so funny because as I started doing all these interviews, and this is part of just the process of writing the book, right? Like right. I, I wrote the book and I got the outline done. And then I knew that there were firms that I wanted to reach out to, but then I would have conversations and I wanted to go deeper. And it was like, um, but then you're on a timeline because you kind of have to finish your book. So then you kind of have to stop. So <laughs> so um, it was really – and then you want to write more because you uncover more stuff. And then – so it's like the whole research, interview, writing process that kind of comes together. But um, I feel like I got enough interviews of enough diversity of firms to show how that you really can do – create transformation – at any firm size at any firm level and even in any firm increment right so like a lot of times people think it has to be this big you know monumental thing and innovation can happen you know even in a small thing
1: so well, well you know you said you had to get to a point you had to stop so you can write the book and get it done but there's still all these other stories are out there you know what you call those other stories second edition to your book
0: Oh right, next <laughs> next edition, right?
1: Yeah, 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 the next the next edition of your book. So, I, let, let's say you somebody's uh, a a managing partner of firm is listening to this right now and thinking, okay, I need to transfer, I, I need to do this. What is the starting point? Other other than now that I got I got the mindset. Other
0: than buy my
1: book, no. <laughs> there you go, see. <laughs>
0: No, actually, it's so funny because um, I'm actually working on kind of a course, right? To put it, and I'm going to call it a residency, or I think I'm going to call it a radical residency because transformation takes time. So it would essentially be a two-year program to take your firm through transformation. Because right now, everyone is, I say, offering these courses, but it's like a two-day course, and then you leave the seminar, and nothing changes, nothing happens, whatever. Um, but I'm really evolving to create a course with accountability and a time commitment to say, look, if you want your firm to go through transformation, you have to allocate so many hours to me from your team who are actually going to create the change and the transformation, and you're going to be accountable to it. And I'm going to teach you a bunch of stuff, but it has to go. And if you don't continue on, it's a residency program, you won't graduate. Because I think right now people want, the how, but I don't see anyone else and maybe someone out there is, is offering something that I haven't seen, but I haven't seen anyone else hold them accountable to it and to say, look, here's the path and I'll walk with you down this path and I'll hold your hand, but you're gonna, you're gonna take your, your firm through, this is not a two day course. This is not, oh, I'll try this and I'll implement this because because you can't anymore. We don't have time to wait. You really need to get to the transformation so that as things get evolved, we're going to be ready for it.
1: Well, my here's my thought on that. Hang up the phone and start the course now. <laughs> <laughs> because I you know, you go out and you speak as well uh, out and do conferences and keynotes and stuff. And I think the biggest frustration that I have is that follow up is holding them, someone accountable to make this change that they want to do. But to your point, uh, if it's if it's left up to them to do it, the likelihood that's going to happen and sustain it through that period of time is small without lack of a better term, a coach. A course, a residency, something that to, to, to everybody get to buy in. I, I equate it to, it's like when you start like an 18 month MBA program, your, your first day, your first week, your first month, you're you're excited, you're happy and stuff. And about halfway through that MBA program, you go, oh God, why did I do this? And when then,
0: is this going to be over? Yeah, right?
1: When is this pain going to end? And, and a lot of people drop out at that point uh, because nobody's holding them accountable so I think you're onto something. I think a a a course where you're you are the um, the instructor who's giving the advice, and you've got obviously the book to va- help validate that. Well, both books to help validate. It. I think that's a wonderful idea, and I don't know how you're going to get it done in a very short period of time. Unless- well,
0: and. There- And their peers, right? So I think that's the other thing, right? Having someone to share the pain with on the journey. And I say pain, but I mean, it is, right? Like the struggles and the, but also the triumphs and and someone to share the journey with, because it is.
1: Right. and A big deal. the, The one thing is, I've always said, especially when we're going to implement any type of change. Celebrate the small victories. Don't wait till the big one comes to the end because that's when we lose that motivation. or Whatever, just you know, we we, we got so we we've gotten rid of the, the the hourly billing. We're now value billing. Okay, boom. Let's celebrate. Let's keep it keep that excitement going through this process because yeah, there will be pain and there will be uncomfort. But when we celebrate and, and we see the success, I, I think that goes a long way in keeping that motivation to 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 complete the project. But Is this project ever really completed thinking about it?
0: No, but I think what needs to happen, I don't think it's ever fully complete, but I think what needs to happen is firms need to get to the next level. They need to get to the landing so that they can then incrementally change overall. But right now they can't even get to the next level stuff because their basics are so bad. And I, 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 that sounds kind of negative, but they're so not ready for the future that they have to get their basics first. Then once they have their basics, then they can evolve to the next level. Because right now, if you're putting Bitcoin on top of an old school firm, what are you getting? I, are, do you know what I mean? Like you can't start there, right? When they don't even have the, the basics in, in the right place.
1: And when you say basics, what do you mean by the basics?
0: Well, if we even talk about the cloud, right? How come we're still at less than 10% cloud adoption?
1: Uh, because we like the shoebox <laughs> approach. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. the... yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, well, could it be 10% in the cloud, but it, is, there's always that risk of being hacked from the cloud. Uh, could that be what might be holding some firms back?
0: No, I think they're just, um, I don't want to say that they're, I think they're tired. I think that they're at the end of their careers and they're saying why should I change? I don't need to change. I'm going to just retire. I mean, truly I believe that's. And then the younger firms that need to evolve because they're big enough are in they're stuck in okay, now what do I do? Which way do I turn? How do I get there? They just don't they're they're overwhelmed with all the advertising and they don't know how to to get started. And then the the other group of firms that are just like, eh, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I'm biting my time. I'll just retire.
1: But so they retire. Uh, I'm assuming there's no succession planning in, in these firms and right. and, the, and the firms get gobbled up. That's it. seems Ex- to me that, that's exactly. Su- yeah, that's exactly. Succession. yeah. That's succession planning <laughs> that- in, in today's world.
0: Exactly. That's succession in today's world.
1: But thinking about that. So if that's that mentality, the associates who don't have the skill set cuz the other firm comes in and gobbles them up and maybe they're more progressive firm they're going to be out of a job within hours or days or weeks
0: absolutely because their skill set hasn't evolved enough right so right. it's not just it's not just the technology and all the things that create the firm it's how are we evolving our professionals to adapt to all the changes that are happening to be forward-looking thinkers to not be just accountants because accountants the computers are going to do most of the accountants or the accounting work so how do you teach them to be better consultants
1: right how do you teach them to be better consultants how do you teach them to be more effective communicators how do you right. how do you teach them to i i so this new book of mine the, the working title is around financial storytelling and when I, I talked to a group of, of CPAs, I, I asked them this question. I go, how many of you guys speak a foreign language? And couple, <laughs> a couple of hands might go up. I said, well, let me rephrase that. How many of you speak the foreign language of business called accounting? And and they laugh and the hands go up. I go, but think about it. It is a foreign language to somebody who has no, it, that doesn't have that knowledge. And in order to be this anticipatory cpa and, and this consultant and, and whatever we have to transform our complex language into something that people can all understand and i think that's another challenge that's out there and a skill set that that uh, needs to be evolved
0: absolutely absolutely because it doesn't matter what you know if you can't tell them what it is <laughs> I, I, exactly,
1: it, it's it's you know when you say depreciation to a non-accountant, they think that's the value that, that they lose in the car when they drive it off the new car lot, and you're going no no no, it's a systematic allocation of an asset over time.
0: <laughs>
1: um so yeah, but you know that that's that skill set that yeah. You know, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong because this just thought came at Well, uh, Maryland MACPA that did an agreement with IBM to do uh, uh, education, be part of the curriculum uh, of the MACP and for the membership on these different technologies. I, I, am I correct with that?
0: Yeah, I, I think they did. I don't know where exactly they are with that and like where the courses are. Um, But I know like MACPA is on the cutting edge. Right. Right. Tom is pushing everybody to keep their skill sets relevant. So, um. Yeah. So if, and if your state society isn't doing it, feel free to join the MACPA like I am because, you know, I'm in Illinois, but I just feel that Illinois wasn't keeping up. So why not join the state society that's actually producing content that's relevant? That,
1: that, that's leading the way. I, 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 I have seen in other states, uh, now on the cover of the magazine, they're, they're doing articles on blockchain. They're, 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 I, see, I see the conversation starting, but based off of what, Your belief is it's, okay, that's starting, but we need to really sprint to catch up to where everything is today.
0: Well, again, I think the problem is, is everyone puts all these pieces on top of something that's fundamentally broken to begin with. And so by putting new technology on a fundamentally broken business model, it's not working.
1: So so that's (laughs) really the starting point correct as as creating a new business model for tomorrow, not the business model we have today,
0: exactly. That's like Netflix, right? So, like, why did Blockbuster go away because <laughs> because nobody wanted to drive to the video store anymore, right? right
1: and <laughs> and, and, and late fees and late fees. Right. I'm tired of paying those damn late fees and
0: and why are um and why is Uber popular, right? Because it's so easy, right, right? Right. So, so when you think about those things, that's where the disruption comes from. And so, if we keep working on a business model that we know is broken, that we've known's been broken for a long time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. what do we expect?
1: Right, we're gonna be out of, we're gonna be out of business if, if, if <laughs> we haven't if we haven't evolved and changed that change that business model. Because yeah, this is a very much a, a disruptive uh, business climate. But we you, we know that. One, of the, I think one of the hardest things for the linear thinker the the accountant the CPA the, the engineer is is change we, we tend to be slow to change or reluctant to change or fearful of change and I think that is another thing that I, and to tackling this is 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 make that fear not I don't want to say real but We have to get, we have to accept that. And and we have to, as we say in improv, you have to follow the fear or lean into it. It's going to be different. But you know what? When we come out the other end, it might be something that we never thought we could get to. And now we're there.
0: Right. I mean, you have to embrace it, right? And the other piece of it is you have to make time for it. So that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like CPAs, they're so busy, they're so busy, they're so busy. They don't make time for anything. But if they don't start making time for things, guess what? They're going to wake up one day and everything's going to be gone. Everything that they knew is going to be completely gone, and they're going to be like, well, "What happened? Well, you were, you were busy during tax season. You were too busy during tax season."
1: Right. So you you're you bar- you're, you're buried in your work and you you didn't see. Everything the else change involved. coming, yeah. Right. Change, change coming. You were right.
0: busy buying blockbuster stores.
1: <laughs> Actually,
0: I did, I did,
1: I did. I saw a sixty minutes piece that there is a one blockbuster store still around, and it's somewhere up in the upper ocean, uh, upper uh, area of Alaska.
0: Well, but even think about everyone goes blockbuster to Netflix. Well, forget about blockbuster to Netflix. What about blockbuster to Redbox? I mean oh, yeah. that was even smarter, yeah. right? Like, like, look, we can put it in a smaller container, right? Like, why do we? So again, it, it's like it doesn't have to be like huge, but it needs to be different.
1: So value billing, I, I just thought of this, but with, with, that, with taking a client from the the uh, time bill model to value billing, is there some? Can there be some skepticism from the? client's perspective that I'm used to getting a bill that told me what you guys were doing. Now I'm just paying this invoice because of this agreement that we've come to. Is, is there any skeptic? Cause I've heard of some out there that, that, that firms have run into that actually some of their clients that they took to value billing, they were, so, they were skeptical that they went back to time billing.
0: My personal opinion, it's a firm problem, not a customer problem because if they want to be build on time, first of all, time is a lie to begin with. No, time is never accurate. It's never the right time. It's always marked up or marked down anyway. So like, let's just acknowledge the fact that time is fiction. Right. Right. But then the second piece of it is, is if you, if you continue to build by, build by time, what makes you want to, to get more efficient there's no reason to get more efficient. There's no reason to adopt new technology. So, uh, so as you're concerned about, worried about billing for your time, the technology is just going to eat up your skill set 100% completely.
1: Yeah, and you were heading down this path because what I, what I, what I told the, the, the partner in this firm, and you said it, it's not a client problem. It's a firm problem. But, mm-hmm. but, but the problem is the client didn't trust the firm. There was, there was a low, so, there was a low level of trust there because if, if I had built up that trust with, then we, so, we this so I
0: have a, I have a really good story for that just because it happened today and I've been thinking about it and it's kind of, well, it's not totally today. It's just been this month, but it's just really funny. So, um. I did a tax return for a client who was tax and consulting only and we were late. Her stuff was in in, the, in early April. We thought we'd get it done. We just extended it, but she had a a payment that was due but of course by the time we finished the return like right after April 15th there was a little bit of a late fee on it but her stuff was in on time. So I just said, you know, we had extended it um but we knew like we should have gotten it done, we didn't get it done. Anyways, you have a $20 interest fee on on your tax return or on what you owe because it was a couple thousand dollars whatever. Um You know, I want to make it up to you because, you know, you followed our rules and we like, we didn't meet what we said we were going to do because, you know, her stuff was in on time and we didn't get it done. Anyways, so I sent her the $20 or whatever and the interest and penalty that was calculated on this little bit of a late payment. Do you know she brought over $25,000 worth of work for next year?
1: Uh, Yes, I believe that. (laughs) I believe that.
0: And it was on a $20 and we did it wrong. Like I totally fully admitted to the fact that we didn't get it done on time. And we, you know, we said we would, and we, we didn't get it done on time.
1: You, well, you, you were tra- you, one, you were fully transparent and being fully transparent and honest and, and, and- not bullshitting around and and, and the, I, this is the first time I've cussed on this podcast, (laughs) but it just, it it drives me crazy when, when people try to find an excuse for something, but you, you, Hey, we screwed up. I'm sorry. Here's the $20. I apologize. If it was 200, here's the $200. I'm sorry. It was our mistake. We're human. And that your level of trust with that, with that one client just went right through the roof.
0: Right. And so now she, um, she she's changing her book well her bookkeeping firm Mm -hmm. and we're doing all the bookkeeping now work as well so again it it that's marketing that's what builds relationships that's and and that's what that's
1: what this is about building relationships
0: and so anyway so when you talk about that when you said well look they didn't trust them that's like i don't understand that because that's not the way my firm operates so I don't know. It's hard for me to understand that piece.
1: It, yeah, it's hard for me to understand that as well. And, and I'm, I'm, I've gotten on this trust bandwagon uh, because, part, you know, big piece of it because it's part of the principles of improvisation. But I heard this gentleman this summer speak at the National Speakers Association Annual Convention. Named, uh gentleman's name was David Horsager. He wrote the book The Trust Edge. And this quote has just stuck with me. He said, everything of value is built on trust. And the lack of trust is the biggest expense organizations incur. I believe that. I believe it wholeheartedly because that lack of if, if you were not transparent and honest and kind of just him hauled around or wouldn't wasn't you know, it's twenty dollars, they'll pay it. they won't think anything about it. We're not going to admit to anything that's there's a lack of trust and you know, that client has now gone to someplace else versus what you did was full, fully transparent, fell on the sword. We're human. We made a mistake. We're going to fix it. Thank you very much. Boom, twenty five thousand dollars of business next year. Right, right.
0: <laughs>
1: it's so easy. Then why is it so hard sometimes?
0: <laughs> well, because you have to admit that you messed up, right? And nobody wants to be seen as messing up, right? Nobody wants to, you know. Nobody wants to say, "Oh, I messed up." Right.
1: But I, I have, I have found that in leadership and, and business transactions. When you say I've screwed up, I, I, I and we'll fix it. I, I I've screwed up a couple of times over the years with with Bli, um, and, and once I realized, oh, I, I messed up. This client is is not really mine; it's ours. It, it was really it's you, really yours. But you know, it came through the back door, or whatever. Yeah, well, okay. Here you go. And we'll fix it. And I've always been open and honest and transparent because it's it it's. Everybody's gonna find somebody's gonna find, gonna find out when you lie. Eventually, it's gonna right. come out, and then that's gonna just if, if just kill the relationship. If if sometimes I, I'll get clients who work with BLI call me directly and try to work directly through me, and and, and I just I, no, I, I I always send them back back to BLI, right from that right. point. Because if I started doing stuff and taking them on, it's like uh uh-uh, uh no I'd be out of, I, w- I wouldn't be doing work for BLI.
0: And no, exactly.
1: I, and I want to keep doing work for BLI, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. So, so the book is out. So, so tell me about that. How can how can my listeners find your book?
0: So, um, they can go to cpa trendlines dot com and buy it from my publisher Rick Delberg. So, cpa trendlines dot com. We don't sell it on Amazon, so don't try and find it on Amazon because you won't. Um, well, you'll find it, but it'll direct you back to CPATrendlines.com. And um, and you can catch up with me too on my website, like at theradicalcpa.com. And you can always catch me on Twitter at, at Jody Paytar, CPA or LinkedIn to me.
1: Now, do you still have the radio show? You still doing the radio show?
0: So we've put it on pause for um, a couple months just because... Um, if I'm doing this transformation program, we're we're trying to to renegotiate it and kind of figure out where it all fits in. Okay, and, so it's it, coming back. I just don't know exactly in what form.
1: And, and what was the, the what was the name? Let's of- get
0: radical. That's
1: right. That's right. Let's that's get right. radical. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they can, and, and how much is the book?
0: Oh, it's like two hundred and fifty dollars or so. I think that's the price. That's it's, the- it's it's <laughs> it's value priced for sure. No. <laughs> So the reason and the reason it is priced at that level is because it's really for a CPA firm. It's a technical book. Like if you're not a CPA, chances are you're not going to want to read my book.
1: Right. And if you and if you're uh, what would, would I would a controller or CFO want want to read the book?
0: No. I mean, you might get something out of it, but I mean, really it's built for firms who want to go through transformation.
1: Okay. And so CPA trend lines And, uh, I, and I'm sure she'll announce on, on, on her social media, uh, when she's put this course together and how you can enroll so you can transform your firm. And I, I I think I, you should do that wholeheartedly, put that together because that that's a game changer right there.
0: Yeah. So it, it will be out in like summer, right? So, um, we're, we already got the go ahead to do it or like I'm doing it. Right. It's just, um, we just know that CPAs won't be available until they emerge from tax <laughs> season. So, so, so look forward in, <laughs> look forward in the summer to fall. Like, you know, it, it'll be released and, and it's going to be, um, with a couple of live events, but most of it's going to be virtual and online. And online. So, um, but I do think face-to-face is important. So there will be a couple meetups, but the the majority of the work would be done online. So you don't have to travel. It's up for twice a year, which, heck, it's kind of nice to get out anyways, twice a year.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Well, well, Jody, congratulations on the book. Congratulations uh, uh, on on this process that you're putting in place. Uh, I'm really excited for you. I, I, I think you're I, you're making a difference, and it's uh, we need difference makers in the profession. I take my hat off to you. And, and and when the course does launch, or you have it, let me know, and I'll rerun this um, uh, episode. I'll put it back out on social media to help promote uh, that, that, that course for the summer.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. And uh, I I look forward to our next conversation maybe in the next six, seven, eight months. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Jody. I would like to thank Jody again for sharing her thoughts and research on the steps that firms can take to become more future ready and trying to educate us as well as myself on what blockchain is really all about. In episode 89, I interview John Pets, who's a motivational speaker, author, MC, and philanthropist who is helping his clients increase their performance by laughing louder, performing better, and achieving more. Thank you for listening, and always remember to use the principles of improvisation to help you better connect and communicate with those in your organization and in your life.